The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and all the boat rockers who are in the house. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow, by the way. Try to get a guest on. I mean, got a great book. I'm just going to tell you. And I told him, he says, what are you, what are you about? And I said, well, we you know, talk about news and politics, we talk about the Bible, we talk about anything under the sun. I mean, because nothing's off limits because it's God's creation, and God has something to say about all of it. And so, I, you know, we, we try to bring that to bear. He says, well, let me check it out, and we'll get back to you. And he never got back to me. And so I call him up a week later, and uh, he goes, oh, he says, who are you with now? And he's, oh, yeah, I checked you out. He says... Um, but what was the major thing that you had? And I said, well, we use the Bible and the Constitution. He goes, well, that was my problem, is you guys talk about the Bible. And I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> okay. We're here to promote the truth of your book, which is truthful, and you're concerned that you're, quote-unquote, associated by talking about your book with people. Okay. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway, I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you from live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here, where you're not ashamed to be associated with folks like me and Bradley, who actually believe in the Bible, because you're brothers and sisters uh, in all of this, and so we appreciate your support very much. If you'd like to check us out online, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Um, in fact, if you want to check us out uh, as far as the video portion of the radio show, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll right down there on the right side of the page. We're live. Just click on the, the button there. Join us on YouTube if you'd like. Uh, if you'd like to chat with us, jump into the, the chat room. Do that as well. You can also watch that live video feed on Bradley's Twitter account at BradleyDean1. Uh, my Periscope or Twitch accounts at Setting Brush Fires if you're on there. Periscope, same thing. Uh, Facebook, Bradley Dean SOL, our YouTube channel, look for Bradley Dean on YouTube, beforeitsnews.com, or right there on the front of the page, and also dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And, oh, you guys got some snow. I wish I had snow. I saw some falling in Atlanta, or falling in Atlanta yesterday, and I thought, well, we usually get it if they get it, and uh, we just have mushy rain. But, hey, praise the Lord, we need rain. He knows what we need, so he provides that. And uh, we're grateful to him for that. 
Finally, if you want to, if you want to help us, uh, again, we don't ask for money. We're not televangelists or any of that stuff. We put out our stuff at no cost to the people, just like Jesus did. There wasn't any cost for anybody to hear the message, okay? But if you'd like to support us, uh, you can do so by heading over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. And there's a donate button here if you want to donate a one-time donation and help us out with the costs that we have. Or if you'd like to become a son or daughter of liberty. This is a monthly subscription, and you can set it for whatever you want to set it for. I think the beginning thing is $30 a month, something like that. And you can go up however high you want to go up. But uh, this helps keep us on the air, helps keep us uh, doing what we're doing at Sons of Liberty Media. It also helps keep uh, Bradley out there educating people in the states, all 50 of them, uh, as far as our Christian constitutional heritage. And then finally, if you want to check us out uh, as far as signing up for our email list, you can do that at sonsoflibertymedia.com as well. Just put in your email. We don't sell it. We don't rent out the list. You won't get spam. You get one email a day. That's it. Um, that's just how we operate. And it lets you know what we've put up on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You get that every evening. And uh, we would very much appreciate your support in that. Okay, with that said, I'm not going to open the phone lines today. <clears throat> I told you I had an interview uh, with Trevor Loudon. Now, I played the other one the other day. And... That was with uh, Leah Southwell. If you didn't see that, I really do think it was a, a really enlightening interview. Okay, Now, Trevor is probably far more well-known, and I appreciate the stuff he has exposed, especially with the Muslim Brotherhood. I'm going to try to find those because I think we have those at Sons of Liberty, too. But he, he's exposed those things. He's exposed the issue of America's enemies. And one of the things the Bible tells us is that be sure your sins will find you out. Numbers 32, 23. And God warns the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 28. Listen to what he says in verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall come upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. The Lord shall bring a great nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn or wine or oil or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep, until he have destroyed thee. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until any high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trusted. You hear that, America? You're trusting in those walls, wherein you trusted, throughout all the land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God 
hath given thee. And there's curses that follow after that that are even more horrific than that. That's God's promise. But there's also hope at, at the end of it. You know, we read even among the lukewarm church of Laodicea, this is what Jesus says to them. To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He says, those I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be earnest and repent. The message is not doom and gloom if we would but repent. And the Bible tells us that God is the one who grants repentance. Now, folks, if you don't have a heart that desires to repent... God help you. God help you. With that said, I've got an interview that I want to play for you from Trevor Loudon. You'll hear there's some interaction. Now, it is a conversation, okay, that we're having here more than really an interview. But what I want you to pay attention to is I like Trevor. I like what he has to expose. But here's the thing. The idea is to deal with the enemy that, they, that, that, that people see rather than the enemy we have made of God. And I want you to pay close attention to that. It's not that he disagrees with repentance or faith or any of this. He he says that. But he believes that, oh, you have to deal with the thing that's right here in front of you first. Well, if you want God's help, you deal with him first on his terms. Okay. So with that said, it's a good interview because it deals with what we're faced with. It's just what God said out of Deuteronomy 28. And I don't think anybody can deny that. So without further ado, now listen, this is going to run definitely over the time that we have for the radio show, because the interview itself is a little over an hour, about an hour and five minutes. So when we get near the end of the show, um, you can uh, I'll close out the show and we'll finish up on the other side. So if you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, you want to join us on the video platforms, it'll finish there. Uh, and that's and then it'll be archived at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Without further ado, here's my interview with uh, Trevor Loudon. Okay, welcome to the Sons of Liberty, and uh, we are here at the John Burt Society event down in Greenville, South Carolina, and with me is Trevor Loudon, and he has agreed to come on and be chastised. Not He's not good for to be chastised, but we're going to have a conversation with him about some of the things that's going on in our country, and I want to welcome you to the Sons of Liberty, Trevor. Look, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Yep, yep. And uh, so what we talked about is, or what you've been talking about, you, you mentioned a couple of things that you've been speaking about, but primarily it gets to an issue of a Marxist revolution. And just the other day, we had G. Edward Griffin on the show, and he said, you know, it's one thing when you're dealing with a Marxist, because for a lar- large measure, they are, it's all up here. They're willing to talk to you. They're willing to debate you and have all this. But he says it's a whole different thing when you've got a Marxist-Leninist because the Marxist-Leninist says the issue is not just to convince you of something. It is to seize power and to implement that ideology. And so I want you to, you know, you were you were speaking with the Burt Society here. Can you give people a little bit of a foundation of why you're doing that and what you're seeing taking place in America today? Well, I'm doing that because I, th- I see the JBS, the John Birch Society, is one of the, I see them as the special forces of the liberty movement. These guys have been fighting this for a long time. They're very disciplined. They're very focused. They're very effective in what they do. And we need everybody in the army right now. We need everybody who believes in liberty, stands for liberty, 
to stand up against what's happening in America. And, and what is happening is a Marxist, and as you put it rightly, a Marxist-Leninist takeover of the country. And if people haven't quite got that yet, they haven't been paying attention. You know what, we and, and, and the, the, main, the main instigator of this, the main driver of this is, is the, the Chinese Communist Party. And they're manifesting in many ways. Look, if you look at the, the country this year, we've had a, a COVID disease which was deliberately spread by the communist Chinese to bring down the president and bring down the U.S. economy and to destroy the U.S. military budget. And if you can destroy the U.S. military budget, guess who runs the world? It's also been manifested in the riots we've had this year, which are the Black Lives Matter is a front for the Chinese Communist Party. And at the same time, the Chinese Communist Party has been organizing mass voter registration drives through a whole series of organizations they control, largely in the southern states, to the point that they can actually win elections here now. And they did that in Virginia. They, they claim to have done it in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Arizona, in Georgia, all the key states that are now hanging in the balance that Trump could win or Biden could win, that will decide the, the future of this country. So, yeah, China, China is trying to destroy the United States because they know there's either going to be one, one country is going to be standing in the new world order and they want it to be them. Okay. All right. So, I, and I get, I get their position on that. One of the interesting things I did uh, here recently, because you were talking about the economy issue. Now, I believe the whole co economy thing is a farce anyway. We're built on debt. Our economy is on debt. We, you know, uh, the president and the Congress has just uh, signed um, this this COVID stimulus bill. All of it's unconstitutional. Um, and now we're looking at eight and a half, nine trillion dollars uh, more are in debt under Donald Trump at three and a half years with the Congress he has, both Republicans and Democrats, they're all to blame in this. And yet we continue down the same road saying we're attacking certain things, we're fighting against it, but it doesn't seem that we're following the Constitution doing this. is something I was speaking with Leah about. It seems that we're willing to give up the Constitution in order to fight against the very people that the Constitution is supposed to be enforced to defend us against. Would, yeah, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, I think this, yeah, exactly. You know, like, um, what we're in, we're in a desperate situation where the enemy has completely abandoned the Constitution a long time ago, and the people who are supposed to be upholding it, the Republicans, they uphold it very weakly in certain areas and have pretty much abandoned or any sense of fiscal responsibility whatsoever. And we're in such a desperate situation that a lot of people just don't care anymore mm. about that. They just want a return to normalcy. And so they turn a blind eye to the massive printing of money and the massive inflation of the debt, all of which is going to come, you know, all which, is, which has got to be accounted for at some point. But what we're, the situation, I would argue, we're in a situation right now is we are very vulnerable to Chinese attack right now, and I'm talking Chinese and Russian military attack on the country. And so what the, what the left are going to use this massive financial, these massive financial problems for is a very big excuse to cut the only part of the budget that the federal government really should be doing, 
which is the military. And if they can cut the military back, the Russians and the Chinese are going to take us down. That's, that's what they're planning to do. So the whole COVID thing was launched to give the left an excuse to slash the military budget to, to, its, to nothing. And when that happens, um, where, where the whole world goes, effectively. Let me ask you something about that concerning the military uh, anyway. We've got a uh, hundred and something bases and a hundred and something countries across the world. And, you know, we're told they're defending our interests and stuff. But is that really true? What? Why aren't they here at home defending our interests here at home? Yeah. I, that's something that's, that's always bothered me, yeah. uh, especially in dealing with uh, the issues of Russia or China. Well, if we don't, or if we're not over there, then they'll go in and they'll do this, that, and the other. While we're defending somewhat socialist countries. I mean, the UK has been socialist for a while, and but yet they're, and, and I, I did like at least one of the things that Donald Trump said that they need to pay their fair share of that yeah, whole sure. thing. Yeah. But at the same time, why are they not doing that? I understand we've got treaties, but why, why weren't they doing that in the first place if they don't perceive there's a threat in their own backyard? Well, they don't perceive this. Well, they do perceive this as a threat in their own backyard. But as you say, they're, they're mostly, they have big socialist components in their own country. And if Uncle Sam's going to bail them out, they're happy for Uncle, Uncle, mm. Uncle Sam to do it. So I'm very happy that Donald Trump has asked them to at least contribute to their own defense. There is, there is a slight caveat to that, though. I'll say because America has been um, massive deficit spending for decades, They've been, we've been, because the dollar has been the reserve currency, we've been spreading our inflation all over the mm, world yep. for a very long time. So the quid pro quo has been, okay, we'll accept America's inflation. You're basically taxing us all around the world, but you've got to defend us. So this is, this is how it's going to go. If we keep our military strong, our allies will stay with us, our enemies will fear us, and our creditors will back off. If we destroy the military, our allies desert us, our enemies come for us, and the creditors come calling. So you know, I know there's a lot of libertarians, a lot of constitutionalists think, well, look, we, we, the military should just be defending America's borders. That's it. But we, we need to understand in the age of transcontinental ballistic missiles, and Russia has got about up to 20,000 nuclear weapons aimed at this country. Where with biological warfare, with international terrorism, defending America's borders cannot happen at America's borders. We have got a socialist government in, in, in Canada, which is very friendly to the Chinese. We've got a communist government in Mexico, which is about to send tens of millions of people across our borders in the very near future. We've got a massive Chinese and Russian infiltration of Latin America. We've got a situation where the, the Russians and the Chinese pretty much, especially the Chinese, pretty much control Africa. What they're doing is encircling us. And they would love us to get rid of every military base all around the world. And I'm not saying they're all justified. And I'm not saying every military adventure that America's right. undertaken is, look, you know, this is how, how it should work. You've got a problem overseas. Somebody attacks you like 9-11. So you go over, you take out the Taliban, you then you go home. home. <laughs> you, you, you take them out, you go home. But I see nothing wrong with military alliances with friends around the world. And as you say, if they pay, especially if they pay their way, I'm not an isolationist when it comes to military. 
I do believe in military alliances. If we, if if um, Britain fell to the Soviet, if Europe, look, put it this way: if we put out a NATO tomorrow, Russia would own Europe in a week. Russia, Europe would be gone. <clears throat> if we pulled out a South Korea and uh, the Philippines and, and and Southeast Asia, the whole of the South Pacific would be dominated by China very soon, and they would come to end the United States. The United States is the last bastion standing between them and world domination. So it's like in the old days, you know, you got Fort Laramie and the Indians are attacking. Well, you don't let the Indians come right to your doorstep. You have outposts. You have defensive redoubts that you can stop the Indians before they get right to your gate because then they'll start firing fire arrows into your fort and they'll burn you to the ground. So, you know, I, I'm a bit different from a lot of libertarians and, and um, people who believe that the military is way too big, maybe in some areas, but the, and that it should only be defending America's borders. America's borders are all over the world. In the, in the age of intercontinental ballistic missiles, you're big, you've got about to stop Russians launching stuff out of Siberia. You've got better stop the North Koreans launching something from Pyongyang. And that means you have to have alliances and bases in other countries to contain your enemy. If you have, um, America has a lot of interballistic missiles as well. Only about half, quarter of much as the Russians do. Right, but it doesn't take that many to, to do a lot of damage, look, right? Look, if, if we got in a war with Russia tomorrow, we would lose. They have outgunned us. They're, we have not built a new nuclear weapon since 1992. Mm. They are building state. They've got weapons that could take out Texas. One bomb could take out Texas. We are way, way outgunned as far as nuclear weapons go. And that's just Russia. That's not Russia and China. Mm. And they are working together through the Shanghai Cooperation Organization they have a military, political, and economic alliance against the United States. Their goal is to bring the United States down because they know the United States is the only country that can stop them dominating the world and the only country, and they also feel they're the only country that could even affect them militarily. Can I ask you something with regard to China and that? Because I know um, the president has hit on that quite a bit on, on the issue of China. And I think he's right on, on what he says about China. But the question I have is I was doing some numbers off of uh, the government website. I forget the specific one I was dealing with. But on that, it was talking about the number of imports and exports. And I think it was in millions. And it was it was hard for me to read because they have like hundred thousands and you're supposed to read them by millions. So in the up until this year, and I assume a lot of this is all this pandemic stuff of the COVID stuff. Up until this year, the exports for China continued to go up. So did the imports, but the imports were significantly smaller than the exports. So we were still doing that. Now we know that that money ends up going right in the hands, because this Ch communist China is right in the hands of their military and their government. So we're in essence helping them build their yeah, military. Absolutely, absolutely. So when are we going to curb that around if we know that's what we're doing there? And I don't know how much we're doing in Russia. I didn't quite look at that, but when when is there a time where we instead of just throwing a bunch of money at our military when are we going to do it where we stop 
giving money and those kinds of yeah, um, and that's a, that's a stuff. very good point because just like before World War Two, American companies built helped build the Nazi war machine, mm-hmm. and American boys then had to go out and, and get shot it. out by bullets yeah. that were paid for by America, and that's that's exactly see this is how this is how it is. Kissinger, the great globalist, sold us the idea if we make friends with China, if we export our industry to China, if we gut our economy and send it to China, and we allow them to flood our country with their imports, they will become our friends. And they will peel off the Soviet bloc and they won't be friends with Russia anymore, and they'll be friends with America. And this will be a great, wonderful world. Well, we've done that for for 30, 40 years now. So what we've done, the Chinese are killing 30,000 of our kids every year with their fentanyl. They they have taken over Hollywood and indoctrinating our kids with that. They've got their Confucius Institutes in our universities. Mm -hmm. They're buying our politicians, both Republican and Democrat. They have unleashed a, a, a pandemic on our country deliberately, which has virtually wrecked our economy. They have burnt cities all over America, and now they are they have absolutely interfered with the election against Trump and for Biden. Absolutely interfered with it. But the good news is, we can buy cheap toasters in Walmart. Okay, that's every, the deal. every couple of months. Right? Every couple of months. <laughs> that's the deal we got. We gutted our industry. We mm. sold our own jobs to China. You know, you look at the Midwest, the Rust Belt, you know, all those yeah. big high-paying union jobs they used to have. Well, they, you know, Trump's brought a lot of them back. But the point, that this is the point. We have people in our own government, and I'll put Steve Mnuchin right in that category, yep. who just want to keep the gravy train going. And they care nothing for national security or America's national integrity. Trump is very much on the page now, and there's, there's stuff going on now. China is getting more isolated every day. They're going to start to turn that tide. They want to, they understand that they don't cut off China. China's going to cut us down. You know, the Communist Party of China is about 800 families. Hmm. If we can economically isolate them and politically isolate them, their own people will take them down. And you imagine the boon to the world we would have with a free China, hmm. where all that industry and all that enterprise and all that culture it's actually turned to the good instead of to evil. Well, that is to the point the president is at. That's the point. We are going to. We are already seeing um, capital market restrictions on China for the first time ever. We're seeing a lot of stuff that's not going China's way, and Trump has been working with India and other countries to build an anti to to build an anti-communist China alliance around the world. And so I think the great the great thing that will happen if Trump gets re-elected, and I hope to God he does, that he will start to work very closely, very heavily on taking the Communist Party of China off the map. And that'll be a, that'll be a benefit to everybody who loves liberty. Now, you remember when he went over there, and I think his grandkids spoke some Mandarin or something to the president there, and he got taken to the Forbidden City, something that... What do you know about that? I'm, I'm just kind of curious to pick your brain if you know anything. What what led them to do that? Why would, if, because he'd been very vocal about what China's been doing, why would he 
one be invited into that? Why would uh, they let him in there if he would be so anti-China the way it is? And and I'll just add this. I've got a friend who's been over, living over there for years. He's trying to get back here to the States. He lives down below me here in South Carolina. And um, not only that, but uh, he's got friends there in and around Hong Kong. And they talk about, you know, the Christian church there has been growing. It's been persecuted. But even many of them are saying that the communist Chinese in power now are not like they were with Mao. They they seem to think they've been softening. They still are communists, yeah. but they, they, they seem to think they've been softening from what they were. Well, that know. may have been up until a couple of years ago, okay. but all the reports I'm having now, they're cracking down hard. Okay. They're cracking down hard on Christianity, hard on Falun Gong. Look, the, Xi is returning to the Maoist way, and this was always going to happen. See, we've got to understand, very, very simple, the Chinese sold us this big lie. Look, we've introduced business. We've introduced capitalism. We're abandoning, you know, and people were saying, Americans were saying, well, wow, look, it shows they're, they're abandoning right. socialism, right? They understand <laughs> that it's not going to work. People, this is basic Marxism. There are five, if you look at Marx, there are five mm. stages. You have primitive communism, where you live in a cave and you go and kill a mammoth and you share the meat amongst yourselves. That's primitive communism. Then you have the birth of agriculture and with that comes feudalism. We get mm-hmm. these strong warlords who control an area and they protect you from the other warlords and exact taxes and tribute for doing so. Then you have the birth of capital, what they call capitalism. And I don't use that term, that's a, a Marxist term. But the, the growth of industry, you get banking, you get factories, you get the flow of capital around the world and you get a big build up in wealth. And then you go to socialism where the government takes over and redistributes the wealth equally, and then you go to the classless communism, which is never, ever, ever going to happen. But see, what? so China went straight, tried to go straight from feudalism to to socialism without going through the capitalist stage. And it was a major disaster, same as they did in Vietnam. So they was, so we say, well, they abandoned socialism, they're going to capitalist. No. They made a mistake. They tried to go through, tried to bypass the capitalist stage and go straight to socialism. You read their writings. We corrected the era of Mao. We went back. We had to go through the capitalist stage to build our industry, to build our military, so we can go back on the socialist march. And now they are going back on the socialist march because they have built an economy that rivals. United States economy. They built a military that rivals the US economy. Now they can go back. That's why the repression, that's why they don't need Hong Kong anymore. So they've just cracked down on Hong Kong. That's why they're cracking down on the churches. That's why they're cracking down on the Uyghurs. They're getting ready for war. And they can't have any internal dissent. They're getting prepared for that big push. Do you think that is part of the issue that came out uh, last year, right around this time, uh, when they started calling the COVID stuff, They all that started happening, the rollout of the 5G there in Wuhan itself, uh, and this kind of stuff. Do you think that's that's part and parcel of what you're talking about, where they're gearing up for that kind of thing? Yeah. To, to fully control their people, to yeah. keep them 
oppressed, if, if you will, more than maybe they, they would have been earlier, is that they're, they're getting ready for war. They're getting ready for the final push. They're getting, they, they, they have weakened the United States uh, to, a, to a large degree. And if they can get Joe Biden in, they will, Joe Biden will completely destroy the U.S. military. And then there'll be nothing to hold China and Russia back. And that's the plan. That is the plan. That's why China engineered Biden and Harris to take over. They, Biden and Harris are Chinese people. They're, the, they're China's people. Trump was the only world leader for all his faults. Trump was the only world leader willing to stand up against communist China. Mm. The only one. Right now, the Indians are freaking out. The Filipinos are freaking out. The Koreans are freaking out. The Australians are freaking out. Because they see China coming to take over all it to dominate the whole South Pacific. And there was only one man who could stop them. That was Trump with a strong U.S. military that could keep China in check. If we don't have Trump and we don't have the strong U.S. military, the whole balance of power shifts in the world. The do, you whole think, balance. do you think that's one of the issues uh, for Australia being so tyrannical right now and what they're doing related to COVID? No, that is the communist government in Victoria. <laughs> and same as my, the socialist government. We've got a Marxist prime minister in, this, in Australia, mm. uh, in New Zealand, sorry. The main, the main crackdown on COVID in Australia, the worst state, because they have seven states there. It's a federal system like, like the United States. The, the state that's doing the real tyranny is Victoria, which is the California of nah. Australia. It's the most left-wing, hardcore, anti-free enterprise state. So the rest of Australia isn't quite so bad because it's not run by communists like Victoria is. But, um, you know, it's, Australia is standing up to China to some degree, and, 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 and India is trying to stand up to China, but they know that if the United States is not on their side, they're wasting their time. And so what you're going to have is Europe's going to make its peace with China, India's going to make its peace with China, Japan's going to make its peace with China, the Philippines, Indonesia, and Australia, and New Zealand. China will basically dominate the entire South Pacific. Mm. And that controls a lot of the sea lanes yep. that we depend on. See, this is the thing people need to understand. If we cannot defend the sea lanes that supply this country, we can be basically starved into submission. Not starved and we'll starve with food, but the things, the rare earth minerals our industries depend on, our defense industries depend on. All of these things that we need to maintain a viable, defensible country will be cut off. And we'll be sitting here in America with a completely communist Latin America right up to the Texas border, a socialist Canada, which is in with China, a completely Chinese-dominated Pacific, and a Russian-dominated Europe, and a Chinese-dominated Africa. How does America survive at that point? Would this, do you think this would push some of the things that uh, has, has been talked about, about uh, other oil drilling? Uh, we had a situation back, a few years back, on Bundy Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Out in yeah. Uh, Arizona. I've, I've been there. I've met the bunnies, Right, yeah. right. Um, uh, Oregon and the Hammonds up there. Yeah, yeah. And we know there's all kinds of um, uh, minerals and resources and all kinds of things on that land uh, that's been, you know, tried to, that the government's tried to take, I think, unconstitutionally. I don't think that we give up the people's 
the rights to their land or their water rights or any of this stuff because I, I don't believe I, I believe that the federal government has pulled illegally um, land that they've said. Well, so, it shouldn't be a Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. So, so when we have stuff like that, why do we not have the resources here that we need without having to go somewhere else to get it? Because, well, well, we can't get every resource. But look, the the left for a long time have tried to lock up our resources. You know, the environmental movement is not about the environment. It's about destroying sure. America's industrial capacity. And the, the, the um, you know, like the environmental defense, uh, uh, what is it called? The, um, the ERD, ERD, Environmental and Resource Defense Council, ERD, has been that one of the main agencies that's been working to lock up our natural resources, has been funded by China for a long time. The anti-fracking movement has been funded by Russia for a very long time. Why? So they can shut down our industrial base. One, one of the great things that Trump has done, one of the great things that Trump done is, is freed this country up so we're now energy independent. You know, we can actually drill enough of our own oil and gas not to have to worry about Saudi Arabia or Venezuela. That's a great thing. That's, that's, that's a good thing sure. for our sovereignty. So, but the left will shut those down. If you don't think Biden's going to shut down fracking, you're delusional. He's going to completely shut down fracking. If he, you don't think he's going to lock up more land in the West, you're delusional. He is going to undo all the good things Trump's done on energy. He is China's agent. And China wants the American industrial base shut down, the American military shut down, and American sovereignty completely compromised. So you can, the Chinese, you know, you look at the Chinese, the Chinese wreck our economy for two years, then they come and buy a whole bunch of our businesses. Cheap. Hmm. You know, so well, this that, is what we're facing well, here. Yeah, and I, and I hear what you're saying. I, I totally believe that, that Joe Biden is like that. I believe that about uh, Kamala Harris. I believe that about Dianne Feinstein. I'm surprised yeah, yeah. somebody hasn't taken it. Well, I'm not surprised because, uh, again, with my interview with G. Edward Griffin the other day, it's you've got the peaceful revolution, you've got the violent revolution, and in that you're seeing these factions that are allegedly against each other, but you've obviously got one that's a controlled opposition issue. Yeah. And so this is what leads me to question things like, you know, when you're talking about, I agree with you, the scenario is great to come against China, to start pulling things from there. But like I said, I start seeing the numbers go up and the exports and the imports there. Yeah. And, and you think, well, why are we, why are we calling for an increased military budget yeah. when we're still supplying still, China? Right. You know? Well, and and it, it doesn't make any sense. Well, but, but let, me, let me see if I let me ask this question. And, and because this was something that uh, I mean, I see, but I thought Mr. Griffin put it so clearly. If everybody sees Biden, Democrats, as the evil guys, well, then the natural inclination is to see their opposition as the good guys. And that's not necessarily the case. And so if they say the things that you say, if they throw a couple of bones here to take a couple of steps back, then that way they can take several steps forward. Sure. And that's the part where I'm I'm not getting it because you said it just right. He's He is a Chinese agent. I believe that. I believe the same, like I said, about Feinstein, about Harris. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of people that we could point to. And then we could also get into the thing I was telling you about with the articles we were carrying by you and your group 
a couple of years back on the Muslim Brotherhood. We can see that infiltration too. I mean, our enemies are, as you said, encircled they're, around they're, us. Well, no, they're not. They're inside us. They're too. inside us too. Yeah. yeah. So the question to me is, the president's job, other than the formalities that he has under the Constitution. Article 2, Section 3. It's not anybody else's job, but his is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. Our president has said, this person's treasonous. This person's committed crimes. This person's committed fraud. We can name Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. We can name Hillary Clinton. I mean, he's promised us justice. That's his job. Okay? We wouldn't even had a Biden for a candidate had that job been done. Now, everybody yeah. can point the finger at William Barr, Jeff Sessions, but the buck stops with the president because he's the only one named the Constitution. And so that's been sort of my question is, why are we not bringing justice against those who are traitors within our borders? To me, if you start doing that, then I start giving you a little more credit yeah, absolutely. to, to, yeah. to what, you're, what you're saying uh, about what you want to do. Um, you want to comment on that a little bit? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And look, I think this is how I said, Trump, you know, we have our biggest problem is internal treachery. We don't have any security checks in Congress. We don't have any meaningful security background checks in the Senate or the White House. So you've had a massive infiltration by the Russians, the Chinese, the globalists, the Iranians, the Muslim Brotherhood, the Venezuelans, the Cubans, the North Koreans. They're in here. They're here now. And they're influencing policy. They're winning elections. They're compromising politicians. We're hanging on by this much. Yeah. And Trump comes into this. He comes. He walks in blindly into this almost completed communist revolution. All Hillary Clinton had to do when she came into office was to legalize 22 million illegal immigrants, give them citizenship and voting rights, and that would have been it. We could never vote that out. So he, he, he blithely walks into this almost completed communist revolution with the attitude of a businessman. Yeah, I don't like what these guys are doing. I, I can see there's a lot of bad stuff. I'm just going to give orders and they're going to follow what I say, right? We all know his big mistake was he didn't decapitate yep. the, the main agencies the minute he walked <laughs> yeah. in. Because I thought, yeah, I think he did a bit of a deal with the GOP, you know, um, I'll leave the policy to you. I've got other things to concentrate on. And I didn't quite, I don't think he quite realized what he was up against, you know, in the, in the depth of the deep state and how communistic and vicious it was. So he walks in there and he spends three or four years fighting sabotage within his own system, fighting the Democrats and half of the Republican Party, or probably 60% of the Republican Party. And so he's sort of hanging on by his fingernails. He's got a basic heart for what needs to be done. He's got Mnuchin on one side. He's got people on one side telling him, cut off China, cut off China, which is his natural instinct. He was speaking about China 20 years True. ago. Yeah. And he's got Mnuchin in one ear, the, the, tre the treasonous secretary of the Treasury, saying, now we've got to build up our trade with China, you know, you know all this garbage, the Kissinger mm. line. Yep. And so I think he's... he's, he's I don't regard Trump as the savior of America. I just regard him as the first president for a very long time who's trying to do the right thing on numerous fronts, ha who has given us energy independence, who's cut taxes, a lot of regulations, 
and has tried to do the right thing by the military. He hasn't gone and started a whole bunch of new wars. No, I, I was just know? telling I was just yeah. telling Leah that that's one that's one area I'll give him credit yeah, for. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't look. Done he, that. he has tried to. He is he hasn't abandoned the alliances, but he's told people to pay their way. He has done. He's built some peace agreements around the world that other presidents have failed. So I'll give him. You know, I'll give him a. I don't know. Look, if he didn't have any opposition, I would give him about a seven out of ten. But given the opposition he's had, I'll give him about eight and a half to nine out of ten, because he has overcome a lot of opposition. So what we've got is a situation: the Democrats are communists, the unions are communists, Hollywood's communist, um, most of the Republicans are globalists or pinkos, and so he's in the White House with a rebellious civil service, a revolution on the streets, and a war with China happening, Chinese burning our cities. He's hanging on by his fingernails. He's fighting because he knows, I think he's got the measure of what he's got to do. And if he gets a second term, I think he'll get a lot of it done. I think he'll seriously take America out of the United Nations. I think he will seriously pull, you know, take down the Communist Party of China. I think he'll keep taxes coming down. I think he'll do a lot of. I think he'll be a lot more fiscally responsible than he has been up till now, too. I think he's been in a desperate situation. Like I'm a fiscal hawk. I don't like massive budget deficits. <laughs> I don't believe in this stuff. But you know, when you're in a war, when when America was in World War Two, budget discipline went out the window. And every time there's a war, budget discipline goes out the window. And we are in a war right now. We are in a war for our very survival right now. So although I am a budget hawk, I'm a free marketer, I'm an Austrian economist, budget discipline isn't the big thing that concerns me right now because avoiding a war with China, which we will lose, is a big thing that worries me right now. So I'm willing to give the president a bit more slack on that issue than I normally would because I see if we cut our military now, we're done. Well, mine isn't so much the, the military, even though I have a certain view on that too. Sure. But um, but it's it's more on the wealth redistribution. What we talked about the Marxism. Yeah. Because let's let's be honest about the COVID stimulus. Um, not only is it unconstitutional, it is the very definition of wealth redistribution. Yeah, it's corporate yeah. welfare. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is the things that, that that conservatives were angry with Obama for wanting to do the wealth redistribution, taking them. Who's those aren't federal dollars; those yeah. are dollars on our backs. Yeah. yeah. So in our in our children's plus interest, and it's like even the twelve twelve hundred dollar checks that went out, and that's what I was telling people. I said, you might be happy about that. Oh, I got $1,200 just out of nowhere. You just, that you just, you just paid just, out two and a half grand to get the oh, $1,200. Well, or maybe 6000 by the time it's, it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, get, you get it. You get that point. And it's like people don't see what's in front of their face. And to me, I see that debt becoming more a, a big national yeah. security threat. Because if you get to a place where your dollar's not worth anything, how are you going to be able to, to, to fund that defense? Yeah, anymore? yeah. Look, and that, look, this is that's a hundred percent right. I, I agree with you. I just, I just say that we're in such a desperate position. That's a massive problem that we got to have to handle tomorrow. We got a massive problem today. Yeah, sure. We have to handle now. Well, this is and, why. I, this is why I wanted. To add, and I don't mean to interrupt you. This is. I wanted to go back to that that question I asked you before about the um, 
the, the, the secret city that he went in in China. They don't let outsiders go in there. So why would they let a man who has openly said, China's done this to us. we got to fix this problem. We can't be letting China do this. I mean, he's called them every name in the book, and, and rightfully so. I, I, get, I get why he's done that, I, and, I, and I'm in agreement with him in that. Why would they let a guy like that in there? See, in my mind, I'm just telling you, I, in my mind, his history has been he's been groomed by the media. Now, he said all this stuff for years ago. We have the clips to prove he's, he's talked about China. We, we've heard him talk about the economy and things of this nature. I have no problem agreeing with people that are there. But it's this, it's this thing that sticks in my, in, in my mind. Why would they let him go in this place? Why would these imports and exports, the exports especially, continue to go up, uh, which means a lot more money for China, and yet this is dealing with China. See, I'm yeah, not yeah. seeing the actions I, I, but I the can words. See, I, can, I can see the big contradiction. Yeah. See that. Look, I, I, the Chinese wanted to court Trump, you know, because they, they knew because of some of the things he's done, tariffs, the way he stood with the Hong Kong protesters. Right. The way he stood with the anti-communist uh, candidate in the Taiwanese presidential election, that's embarrassed the Communist Party of China. And when you lose face in China, you risk losing power not long after. So <clears throat> they need to court Trump. They need to keep the money flowing. They need to flatter him. They need to try and, you know, Trump's natural instinct is anti-China. They need to try and counter that because they got Mnuchin in the Treasury doing everything they want. And Mnuchin has sort of snowballed Trump a little bit too, I think, yeah, you know. I think so too. You know, so, so yeah, look, look, I don't want to come across as somebody think, you know, Trump's going to be the saviour of America or whatever. All I'm trying to say is we're, we're in a much more critical situation than I think most people realise. We're facing military attack. And I'm well only, aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that's stopping that military attack right now is a strong military. And the big temptation, and the Democrats already driving this, is going to be big defense budget cuts in the next budget go-around. See, Trump, Trump has done a lot of positives. Cutting taxes, energy independence, the Supreme Court, um, a lot of good stuff. <coughs> He's done some bad stuff too. His criminal justice bill I didn't agree with. Um, stuff, the, Bribing the, the states with red flag gun laws. Yeah, yeah, the stuff like that. Exactly, you know. Yeah. E exactly. He's not the strict constitutionalist I would like. He's more of a populist type of Pragmatist. Guy. Yeah. But he does have some principles. He does put America first. He does understand the threat from China. He does understand national sovereignty. He's taken us out of two UN bodies. I haven't seen anybody else do that. He's taken us out of the Paris Climate Accords. You're right. Can, I haven't seen anybody else do that either. Can I can I chime in on that for just a second? Uh, because I was mentioning this with Leah. Um, I you know I I gave praise there when he pulled us out of Paris. I, I gave praise when he pulled us out of TPP. Mm. Or and he said NAFTA was bad for us. But yeah, the MMA is is not but, much. But not then much the USMCA. Yeah, USMCA. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it is like uh, we we've got the president from the Council on Foreign Relations saying it's NAFTA plus ten or twenty percent. It's yeah. You know, verbatim, almost sixty percent of TPP. Yeah, uh, it sets up basically your 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 found your infrastructure for what they wanted for a North American Union. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that to me is the two is the step back to make two steps forward. Yeah. deal that you find in, in the Marxism. 
this is where I have a hard time getting behind it because, like what you said, I'm seeing a contradiction there. I hear him go to the UN and give these great speeches, and he's like, all right, so when are you cutting the paycheck to them? For yeah, yeah. And it doesn't happen. So forgive me, I'm, I can... It's the the words are one thing. It's the other that yeah. That gets and there me. are contradictory messages here. Yeah. There are clearly things he has done that are good. Yep. Clearly, and there are things that have you've done that you would that raise very <laughs> deep yeah. red flags. Right. So this is where we're at. Biden is a communist. Kamala Harris a commun. Kamala Harris is a communist. He will destroy America. About sixty percent of what Trump's done is great. About 20% of it is iffy, and about 20% of what he's done is bad. That's not ideal, but that's a heck of a lot better than the 80%, 90% communism that we get under Biden-Harris. So I, what I want to see is Trump re-elected, and I want to see pressure put on him to do things like abolish the Department of Education, fully pull America out of the United Nations, fully... Um, Stop all trade, all trade with China, all of it, which I think President Trump will do. There's already stuff being drafted that is going to clamp down on China. You know, he's used this sort of lame duck period to put a whole bunch of things in that will make it very hard for Biden presidency to open up with China again. You know, so he's doing some very good stuff there. So, but the key thing I'll get back to all the time is, We've got to keep the military strong, and Biden will destroy the military. Because as I said before, if the military is strong, your allies will stand with you. Your enemies will fear you, and your creditors will back off. And the, but if your military is weak, your allies desert you and go with your enemies. Your enemies start the water. They smell the blood in the water, and your creditors come calling. And we are, fa this is the big issue for me, the big issue, because Biden will destroy the military completely. He, he has worked his entire career for a group called the Council for a Livable World. Mm -hmm. I've done documentaries on this. Right. That was set up by a Soviet agent to recruit candidates in your government who had worked to gut the U.S. military. Okay, all right, I'm going to pause this. Now, guys, one of the things I want you to see is, uh, look, there's no doubt that there have been certain things that have been done, but I want you to see how I engage to get him to think. And you see everything I'm pointing out, he's agreeing with. He's double-minded, though, in how he's seeing it work out. And I like Trevor. I like the stuff he's exposed. No question about that. But he's falling into the trap of thinking, okay, well, these guys are really bad. This must be, he says Trump is not the savior, but it's kind of positioned that way. going to play the rest of this after the show. Join us on YouTube, Facebook tomorrow. See ya. Okay. All right. Letting the people join us in from Red State Talk Radio. Um, again, guys, part of this I want you to see that's going on is how you get people. Look, we can shout at people all day long, okay? And when I have a monologue, that's right, Jent. If you criticize Trump for anything, you're labeled a hater. You can see that even Trevor and I can have a conversation where he makes a point. I ask him, okay, how does that work with this? Because it's obviously contradictory. And he admits it's contradictory. We are being driven, and I'm going to play this in a second, and then I'll make some commentary and close out the show because there's, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes left in this. It's a it, was a it was a much longer interview than I expected it to be. 
But what I see is what I see happening here is we're being driven just like the Russians were being driven when Reagan ramped up all the spending he did. He put us three times in debt what he took office with, okay? And allegedly communism fell. It didn't fall. I make mention of that in the interview. It just moved over here. That's what it did. It moved over here. And so all of this spending, again, the Bible says some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. If And you're going to hear this in a minute. I'm going to bring it up in the interview. If we don't repent towards God, who we've made a great enemy against ourselves, okay? If we don't do that, then you can forget building up your military because God, I just read to you from Deuteronomy 28, God is going to bring those enemies against us because we remain his enemy. We have put ourselves there and I'm going to hit it. I'm just going to play the interview because <laughs> I'm going to hit that in a minute and then we'll close out the show. Okay, here we go. The advantage of Russia and China. He worked his entire career for these people. You know, so he, that's what he will do. The Green New Deal will be implemented, which will destroy the economy even further and destroy the U.S. military budget. Trump, to his credit, has backed the military. He has not used them for stupid adventures. He has increased their budget. He's changed their horrible rules of engagement in Afghanistan. He's got rid of the transgender policy, and he's put some better people in. Morale in the military is way better under Trump than it ever was under Obama or any of his Democrat predecessors. So that is the, the critical issue for me. If we don't have a strong military, nothing else matters. If you cannot defend, why do you have a Second Amendment? So you can defend your home. If you can't defend your home and your family, you can't defend your business or your country, what do you have? Yeah. What do you have? You've got nothing. And so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist. I'm an Austrian economist. I believe in free trade. I believe in small government. I know all the arguments, I, I, and I believe them. Right. But we are not at that situation now. We're at a situation like we were in, like Britain was in World War II. Britain was facing Nazi invasions. You had this drunken, lush Winston Churchill spending like a drunken sailor, but he stood against the Nazis. Yeah. And he got Britain through the war with the massive debt, all of that, you know, uh, uh, you know but was, was fiscal responsibility the big priority in World War II? Yeah, I, this is sort of, though, something that I that at the Sons of Liberty we do. We, we, we stick with the Bible and the Constitution, and we say we do that uh, not to find out who's on the right and the left, but who's on the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah. That's kind yeah, of the issue. Yeah, yeah. So with that said, you know, I've all, often told people, I said, you know, our greatest enemy is not Islamist. It's not communist. It's not any of this other stuff. It's God himself. And God has told us about curses that come upon a rebellious people. Now, we see that. And you talked about a lot of things that he would stop. You know, one of the biggest things I think that catches the eye of God in, in judgment, <clears throat> excuse me, is we we are continuing still under the self-professed most pro-life president. And I gave him credit on Title Ten on the uh, defunding of foreign Planned Parenthood. Great, I said these are good steps. But he continues to fund the American Holocaust inside our borders. And then there's the issue that we talk about, too, and, um, and, and you probably remember this report from Tom Fitton. And, and Tom Fitton's a, a supporter of the president. 
funding the Muslim Brotherhood three times that of what Obama was doing. Yeah, yeah. And you and, yeah. and let me let me let me change gears there off of China for just a minute because uh, again when I was at Freedom Outpost you guys you and, and some colleagues had put together uh, like a seven part series I think it was um, maybe I need to put that together and put it on Sons of Liberty Media but um, you guys had put that on and that was during the Obama administration on the Muslim Brotherhood can you speak to that for maybe five or ten minutes yeah. here uh, Look, on, the muslim on brotherhood is more entrenched in the american government now than it was under obama our borders are less secure despite the border wall there's more illegal immigrants coming over now than there was under obama we got to, these are realities now why so, isn't that being reported in in the news that seems well, because, like that would be a shot because, at trump because it's embarrassing for the republican party to say it and the left doesn't want to draw attention to it in case somebody ah, comes and stops okay, it. Okay, I got you. You know, so it's a, bit, a little open, dirty secret that's going on. The Muslim Brotherhood is very deeply entrenched, and more so now. You know, and Trump, look, Trump the other day, you know, uh, critical race theory, which is Marxism, mm -hmm. is all through the government. Trump issued an executive order to stop the teaching of critical race theory. Well, I don't believe it'll, you know, they'll still do it. They'll just do it more secretly. Yeah. But at least he's aware of it. He's also yeah. talked about a few times designating the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization, which he hasn't done. You know, so he should be doing this. And he's not, you know, but Biden would encourage it. Biden would yeah. make it massively worse again. I'm not talking about a, a, a two polar opposites here. I'm not talking about Biden as a complete communist or destroy America and Trump is a complete saint or save America. No, Biden is a complete communist or destroy America. Trump is a guy with good instincts who's failing in a whole bunch of fronts and has done some good stuff in other fronts. That's the, that's the alternative sure. we have right now. That's, that's where we're at. We don't have a, 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 a knight in shining armor who's going to come down and restore the Constitution and balance the budget and designate the Muslim Brotherhood and do all this. We don't have that. If we had that alternative, I'd be out there voting for them right now. Well, now, but, can I ask you something on that front? In our Constitution, you know, we have um, uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. This is the militia. The militia is demonized. It's demonized by Democrats. It's demonized by Republicans. Uh, we had this thing going on up in Michigan um, where my understanding is that militia group was going in there to arrest her, to bring her to stand trial because she was clearly in violation. She had, the, the court had already ruled against her. She said, oh, the heck with you guys. We're going to do this anyway. So they were coming in there to do that. Now, under that particular clause, it's the militia, it's the people. And remember, we're, it's, the Constitution starts with we the people. Most covenants that were made in history start with the creator. I mean, it yeah. starts with the creator. Now, we have that in the Declaration of Independence, obviously. But the people are the ones to enforce the law. And the people have been told, no, 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 that's, that's left up to other people to enforce the law. Now, the president is clearly, when he takes the oath, he is charged with making sure they're faithfully enforced. And he's given that authority to call forth the militia. We've seen the riots go on in the streets. We've seen those things. My thought is the solution to all this is not the president. I mean... Everybody thinks it's the most powerful position in, in the world, but the, the fact of the matter is our founding fathers didn't think of it that way at all. Um, but he does have no, power. No, no, they, they, 
the president has grown more like a king right you know, than, than so, what it was originally intended to be yeah right so so my thought is the solution is the people and then we get back to my interview with leah earlier the people have lost being a moral people they, they've lost being i don't even like the term religious they've lost being a christian people and their morality derived from the scriptures and so they're willing to let all kinds of stuff just go on and say somebody else will take care of that. Well, that's what we have the police for. That's what we have this for. And they're willing, unwilling to take the responsibility in their own communities to make sure they get yep. angry when they don't see justice served, but they're the very arm to bring justice yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Is that uh, not yeah. an element that we should also be looking at to look, to deal with some of these look, things? Look, absolutely, I agree. You know, yeah. um, citizens, juries, you've got you know, the role of sheriffs, right. constitutional sheriffs. All of these things are extremely important. And we should be encouraged those as much as possible. And and on the local level, that's what I, I completely support. I'm just talking about right now we've got a, a choice between two kings. A king on the, this is on the nation the, the 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 international level, you know. We've got a king who'll destroy us, a king who will do a lot of good for us. Not not perfect, but whatever. But yes, the long term solution we just gotta keep the country together and surviving so that we can build the movements from the grassroots that will take the country back. You know, I'm doing a movie right now, Enemies Within the Church, because I see that the churches have completely abandoned their responsibilities yep. in this country. That's exactly and right. so the politics, you know, Andrew Breitbart used to say, you know, um, politics is downstream from culture. You know, the culture shapes the politics. But he could have added that, that culture is downstream from religion. The religion shapes the culture, which shapes That's the politics. Exa- well, I, and, I have a quote from R.J. Rushdoony that says, culture is religion externalized. That's yes, what it yeah, is. Yeah. And so you're exactly right. You're exactly right to point the finger at us as the church that we haven't done our job. We're in one need of repentance. And then when that repentance comes, it should be looking like it does something. Not that it just says, I repent, mm-hmm. but it actually goes and does the things that it's supposed to do. I think that's what I'm getting at here. Instead of looking for the Messiah figure, yeah, whether it's in a Biden, an Obama, or a Trump, instead of looking like that, it says, "Where do I fit into all this? What am I to do here yeah. in my community? What what part do I play?" Um, and again, I I think uh, you know our big one of the biggest things that we face here is that we're our enemy really is God. We we've made ourselves an enemy, and this is these are things that I point out. That continue under Trump. No yeah. matter you see these things over here, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But what about the promotion of what God calls an abomination with the sodomite community? Yeah. Uh, what about the the things of the murder of the unborn? All of these things are abominations. And I think, boy, I mean, you gotta lay the axe to the root on that stuff. Yeah. You really well, do. Well, this this is how it is. If we had not drifted away we wouldn't be in this worry about a biden versus a trump <laughs> yes we wouldn't we bar- wouldn't be worried about the chinese or the russians because we'd have a stable country with a stable culture yeah. with a stable currency with a military that did its job and didn't do anything that wasn't supposed to do and we would be just worried about our local issues and sorting out our church and sorting out our culture that was but we have lurched so far away from that we are hanging we've actually gone over the cliff and we're hanging on by our fingernails and we've got to look at the immediate issue right in front of us and i bring back the analogy of winston churchill britain got in the situation it did because the british church went off the rails 
the British culture went off the rails, became cowardly and appeasing to the point that Hitler threatened its very survival. And you got this drunk, as I said, this drunken lush Winston Churchill comes along and he rallied the British people to survive that war, mm. you know, and he was needed at the time. And then, but Britain is still sunk. It went straight into socialism after that, you know, rallied a little bit with, with uh, you know, Margaret Thatcher, um, got a bit more sane with her, but it's still struggling and it will struggle forever until it recovers the cultural roots that made Britain great. America will still struggle forever until it recovers the roots that yeah. made America yep. great. I'm just trying to, you know, a lot of people, and, and I, I, talk, I, I absolutely agree that that's what's got to be done, but I just want to make people aware of the actual crisis that we're in now, sure. an existential battle for our very survival. It doesn't matter if we reform our churches if we're bombed into obliteration by the Russians and the Chinese. It doesn't matter if we um, get control of our local communities if we've got Russian and Chinese troops driving tanks through our, through our states, you know. This is, we have allowed ourselves to get in such a state that we're actually fighting for physical survival now. And everything you say is right. Everything you say that we've got to rebuild and got to get back to the culture, we've got to reestablish the biblical principles that made this country great, all of that's true. And that's the only thing that will save us in the long term but we've also got a very short-term, immediate, right-out-in-front-of-us problem to solve as well. And if that problem's not solved, all the other stuff doesn't even come into it. Yeah, well, I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive No, they're either. not. They're not. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're told, I mean, if we actually believe what God has said, you know, that, that if we do this, he d he'll do this. He'll heal, he'll heal our land. He'll, not only heal our land, but he's the one who goes out and fights our battles. I mean, we see this with Israel. But when Israel kept trying to do all this other stuff and they would do it in opposition to what he had commanded, well, then we have an issue of, okay, well, you're just out there doing it, sort of the yeah. arm of the flesh, if you will, and good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, this is ultimately a spiritual battle. This is good yes. versus evil. And this comes down to all of us being better people. If we, if we were all the people we should be, 90% of our problems would disappear overnight, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> sure. and we wouldn't be even debating whether Trump or Biden was the president because Biden would never ev even got past dog catcher stage, yeah. sure. you know, and, and, and we'd probably have a much more righteous president than President Trump, you know, so, so you know, I'm just trying to get a, across some of the nuances here sure, because some people say, Forget about the elections. Forget about Trump. We just got to focus in our local communities and get right with God. And we do, but we got to fight this battle on every level. Every sure. level. There's no level that is off limits. There's no level that can be ignored. We're fighting a battle on every front, and we only have to let down our guard in one area, and we get swamped. Yeah. We're we're like. We're juggling about 10 tennis balls in the air right now. We drop one <laughs> we of them. We're in that. trouble. We're in trouble. We're doing that. So we've got to keep them all in the air, every one of them. This is the, this is the toughest time for America since the revolution. Yeah. And we'll either come out of this way, way better, or we won't come out of it. You know? 
that's that's well i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping that uh you know i i realize that within even the context of old testament israel you know god let his people go into captivity he judged his people for their rebellion and there's no question no i don't think anybody can sit here and say we've talked about some of the things that america's done that we've done that our parents have done um and, and that are worthy of god's judgment and we know he's faithful to his word to do that uh, we also know he is he can be he can be merciful too but he's merciful on his terms, not ours. Well, I, I think the election of President Trump was a sign of mercy. We didn't really deserve somebody who'd come along and, and at least do some good for the country and give us hope. Hmm. And I think a lot of people thought, well, okay, you know, let's have, we, want, we want another miracle in 2020, and we haven't got it so far. But what if Trump wins his battle he's in right now? What if... He exposes the massive Democrat vote fraud that's been going on for decades. What if he enacts legislation that end the vote fraud problem in America with widespread public support? What if um, this abortion goes back to the Supreme Court and gets overturned? What if we can actually prove the Department of Education is unconstitutional and the new Supreme Court strikes it down? What if I see I see we're on a on a period where a lot of good things have aligned that could carry the country forward and actually restore a lot of the things we've been fighting for. I'm not blind to the, sure. to the problems. I'm not blind to the faults of President Trump and some of his philosophies. Sure. But we've also been smiled on. You know, him being elected instead of Hillary Clinton was pretty darn good. The Supreme Court situation has a lot of potential. The... the um, the fact that now we, we are energy independent is a great thing for this country. The fact that our taxes are a lot lower is a great thing for this country. Yes, I know about the ballooning debt. Yes, I know about all the other problems. I'm not blind to any of these things. Yeah. But you've got to take the positives when you can get them. I, you know, know? I, that's one of the things that we've talked about. You know, we've, we've said where we're the man is on the side of the law, we stand with him. And I've done that. I've pointed to people. They say, well, you just hate Trump. No, I don't. I'm, I've written these things over here. I had uh, one of the guys that uh, he owns the radio station that I'm on, and uh, we talk about that. He's real heavy into uh, a lot of the deep state stuff and all the technicalities and names. And uh, I said, I just want to know, has anybody been prosecuted? That's where I want to go with it, because that's all I care. You can tell me to your blue in the face that, you know, this, that and the other is going on. Did you prosecute him? Okay, well, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. But he, he asked me, he says, was there anything? He says, first he asked me, he says, why do you hate Trump? And I said, well, I don't. I said, I constantly point to the law. That's where I point to. And um, he says, well, what do you like about Trump? And me, I said, well, one of the things I like is, uh, you know, if the report's to be believed, and I think they are, uh, he's been one that's gone after child trafficking. I mean, like nobody has. I said, so... Um, that's one of the things he says, well, good. I'm glad to hear. So I, you know, I'll pay you the same compliment. You're a lot like some of the, what I call them, the Trump toadies that the man can do no wrong. And if you critique him, you're a traitor, you're a traitor. You're a yeah. yeah. You know what the people I'm talking about. So I, I know there are rational people who have reasons for supporting Trump. Um, and some of those things I would point back and I would say, yeah, some of those things are, are right on. They're good things. Um, and then at the other, in the bigger picture of things, I kind of go back and I, I, I got to tell you, I just feel like one step back, two step. That's what I feel like. One sure. step back, two step, two steps forward. But yeah. let's let's get ready to close this out. 
Um, why don't you tell people a little bit where they can find out more about you? Like you got a website or things like yeah. this nature. Yeah, I've got a website, trevorloudon.com. Loudon is L-O-U-D-O-N. I've got another website called keywiki.org. K-E-Y-W-I-K-I. It's got 130,000 files of it, of American communists, socialists, radicals, traitors, you know, all the Democrat contenders, <laughs> a few Republicans. So that's a great resource as well. Um, but trevorloudon.com, I've got a, a movie out there called Enemies Within, which is exposing the Marxist and Islamist infiltration of Congress. That had 3 million views on Amazon Prime, so I took it out two weeks before the election. <laughs> and you can, but you can get my movie on my website, and you can also get my book, in, um, well, Enemies Within, Communist, Socialists and Regressives in the U.S. Congress, or my latest one, White House Reds, which gave the con which exposes the communist background of um, of Biden of of ten of the Democrats standing for president in this election cycle. That's Tulsi Gabbard. That's um, cute cute little Pete Buttigieg. That's <laughs> that's um, that's uh, Mrs. Nice Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, whose father used to take her on bicycle tours of the Soviet Union when she was oh, a young my. woman. So what it gets at is it exposes the deep communist penetration of the Democratic Party, mm. and there's information in there that you'll got you'll get nowhere else. So that's my specialty is that is exposing the radical left and how they infiltrate the Democratic Party. And I know that's not the only problem we face. Sure. You know, this is like what we're facing is this massive octopus with about 15 legs that's trying to strangle America from every way. But sometimes you got to you got to cut off one leg at a time, yep. you know, and you got to cut off this. You start with the leg that's strangling you the most right now. Right. Then you go to the next leg and the leg after that. So we all know that American interest helped to build Nazi Germany, but still American boys had to pick up guns and go and fight the Nazis because otherwise they would have killed all our allies and eventually would have killed us too. Right. You know that's just the way it is. If we don't deal with the little problems. If we don't deal with the traitors in our own country, we're got constantly going to be fighting people from overseas that we're not prepared to fight. Right. You know, and that's, you know, but ultimately, America can only be brought down by traitors inside. And that's what I talk about is the enemies within, the traitors in our own system. Right. Trevor Allen, thank you for being on the Sons of Liberty. Real pleasure. Real pleasure. Right. It was a good debate. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's the end. Now we've got some questions. I'm going to take a few minutes here to kind of hit some of those because I think there are good questions. Uh, let me um, let me just address the the thing that Trevor went into, and you can see sort of the double mindedness uh, there. And I don't say this to degrade him or anything. You know, I'm an Austrian economist. I'm a constitutionist. I'm this and that and the other until I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, because I see this over here, um, and I think that's part of the problem is we're that until we let our fears turn us another way. And the Bible is, is clear that we're not to be those who are fearful. Now, there's also the question, and Rhonda had it, and it's a good question, okay? I mean, I think it's a fair question to ask. Um, Deuteronomy 28, I began with that. Uh, she says, and who is this scripture talking to? If you go around saying God is our enemy, how are you supposed to win souls for Christ? How is the unbelievable supposed uh, to trust God if they think he is their enemy? 
Uh, I get what you mean, but your context is a bit disturbing to say the least. Okay, let me put it this way, Rhonda. Who were the people that God gave these promises of blessing and cursing to? They were his people. And we're not talking about uh, some kind of uh, race racial thing here. Okay, we're not talking about that. I know people buy into that, that Jews are a race. It's not. In fact, P, uh, Paul says, not all who are of Israel are Israel. The true Jew is the one that circumcised of the heart, not of the flesh. The Lord Jesus looked at people who had their pedigree in Judaism, if it, if it, as it were. Okay? And he said, you're of your father, the devil. Abraham's not your daddy. Okay? So let's get it clear as to what's going on. This is the people of God. That's what it is. In fact, when God brings them into the new land, the, 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 the promised land, here's what he said. He said, I'm driving out all of the inhabitants because they violated the very things I'm telling you not to do. Go back and read it. Okay? When, when he brought his people in, he brought them in as a judgment against those nations. He didn't have a covenant with those people. But he says, this is the things they're doing, the things I've outlined in my law. The reason I'm bringing you in is, against, is a judgment against them. Why? Because it's God's land in the first place. And he brought his people in, and they destroyed the people there up until the point they didn't do it. And God blessed them. And as soon as they started compromising, as soon as they started going down the road of what he, what he warned them about in the book of Deuteronomy, specifically in Deuteronomy 28, what happens? They start getting the curses, and the curses start festering, and they start growing. And eventually, he chastises them with Nebuchadnezzar and the armies of Babylon. And they're in captivity. We talked about this yesterday. They're in captivity for 70 years. Just like he said, and then he sent them a deliverer, Cyrus, whom he called by name, whom I think from what we covered yesterday, the end of the show that I stayed over for, what he did was I think he converted Cyrus. Cyrus recognizing the God of Israel is the true God. Now, we've not seen that out of this administration yet. It may come or it may not. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, when I say we've made God our enemy, let me point here to what Scripture says. This is from James chapter 4. From whence come, Now, remember, James is writing to the church, the people of God, the ecclesia, okay? which is what Israel was. Israel was the assembly. Yeah, you know what, Tracy? If you're stuck on geopolitical Israel today, that's not biblical Israel. The, the, the biblical Israel are the people of God, Okay? Old and New Testament. In fact, read Acts chapter 7. Stephen says as much. He says the church existed in the wilderness. The ecclesia existed in the wilderness. Okay? Now, James chapter 4 says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because you ask not. 
Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking about spiritually speaking. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. There you go. There it is. Whoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now I'm going to bring that to bear here in our covenant nation that was founded hundreds of years ago, long before the Constitution, on the Bible. I've quoted it time and time again about the Mayflower Compact. Now here's the question. Has America become friends with the world? Yep, she sure has. She's promoting the very thing. And Donald Trump's doing it too. Okay? She is promoting the very thing that God annihilated entire cities, turned them to ash. You can't even find any relics of them anywhere for engaging in sodomy. This president has put open sodomites who have tried to redefine marriage. They're now in the GOP pushing the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ agenda. Richard Grinnell. His administration has tried to decriminalize what God has said is a capital crime throughout the world. They have banned Christian men from entering into America. His, his State Department, Mike Pompeo, has, has banned them because they called it out for what it was. This administration continues to sign legislation sent to it that funds the murder of the unborn. There is, there is no debate over that. That is fact. That is documents. I put it up. That's friendship with the world, guys. What, is that, what does James say that makes us? Enmity with God. Now, you ask a good question, because I know some people don't understand, well, how are we to win people to Christ? Well, wait a minute. The first thing is to show them their need of Christ, and that is to use the law. The law condemns men. It's not their friend. It condemns them. It slays them. I think Spurgeon used those terms. It slays them. Okay? It shuts their mouth. It says you're the enemy of God, and you need to be reconciled to God. And God reconciles you through His Son, the Lord Jesus. That's it. Period. When you take the gospel, you're not out to make friends. Jesus said, if you think I came to bring peace, you're mistaken. I came to bring a sword, a division. How does He do that? He calls people to repentance. He calls people to obey God. He calls people to repent, to quit being the friend of the world and be the friend of God. Naturally speaking, the gospel is not something many enemies of God want to hear. But the great thing about the gospel is the power of the gospel to confront the enemy of God, to slay him by the word of God, and then to renew him, to raise him to walk in newness of life. Ephesians 2, God shows us mercy. How does he do that in the preaching of the gospel? I mean, this is not hard to understand. If you think that's a problem, then you don't have the right gospel and it's not saving anybody. If you think you can get your your metro sex haircut 
and uh, put on your your you know stuff and look real clean and nice and attend your your church where they're going to sing the same old thing over and over and over until you get in a trance um and and there's there's no real word of god being brought that drives men to christ and then from that educates them to be involved in the ministry that they're called to do and ephesians 4 tells us you're not in a real church you're not hearing the word of god you're just not doing it so i wanted to answer that question This is why it's vitally important. Yes, we have enemies around. Yes, we have enemies within. But the fact of the matter, I'm telling you right now, if the people of God would repent towards God, God would heal our land. I wouldn't worry about China. You don't think God controls the seas? That he can destroy their navy in a moment? Yeah, sure he can. But he can also do it to us. He can also do it to us. And here's the thing. We talked for a little bit after the interview as well on some of these things. And I'm telling you right now, I think we have to engage people that disagree with us. Okay? We have to engage them. And we have to point out the things. And you see, you see in our conversation here, he's telling me all these things, have no problem buying into, you know, there's enemies. But okay, why aren't we dealing with this? Oh, yeah, that's a contradiction. Well, yeah, it is. Let's fix the contradiction. <laughs> Let's fix, Look, we're going to spend ourselves into so much debt, just like the Soviets, and we're going to destroy ourselves with that, and then the enemy comes in, and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. I'm not saying don't have a military. Even though I think a standing army is a problem. Our founding fathers saw it was a problem in their day. They despised it. They didn't want it. I, we've talked about the people. Captain Carl was, is in the chat room this morning. We've talked about the militia. Where, where, where are the militia at? Huh? Where, where are they at? Where's the building up of the people who actually believe what our founding documents say, believe what the Scriptures say. We're the people for that. Don't give me some little thin veneer of Christianity, slap it on um, a president or a representative if they're not doing what they say. And that's where I've been critical of the current administration. That's where I've been critical of them. Everybody says, oh, they're keeping their promises. No, they're not. Not all of them. Maybe a couple. But the fact of the matter is, where they're keeping things, they then come right behind it. They, 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 they're willing to give up a step so they can go two steps forward. And USMCA is one of the prime examples of that. It really is. And if you don't think this administration has set up to go after your guns, you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. That whole bump stock ban thing that you thought was insignificant because you don't like bump stocks, it's a waste of ammo, you can't aim it, that's irrelevant to it. They just stepped out, they did it ex post facto, which even Congress is not allowed to do, and the executive branch doesn't write law. They made criminals, felons, out of people who had those bump stocks after they made their redefining of what a machine gun is which they shouldn't be limiting in the first place. I'm just going to tell you. 
Constitution gives Congress nor the executive branch any authority to limit what arms you have. Shall not be in friends means that. That's what it means. And nothing in Article 1 allows for Congress to do that. So what I'm saying is, look, we have enemies surrounding us. We have traitors inside. And here's the question I have for anybody who's listening out there who maybe thinks like Trevor does. What is the man who under our Constitution is to see that the laws are faithfully executed, who calls these people out and says they're traitors, they're criminals, they're frauds, they're this, that, and the other, but doesn't bring any justice to them. Instead of giving excuses for the Department of Justice or whoever you want to give an excuse for, why don't you do like the old presidents used to do and say the buck stops here? Remember, Donald Trump was sold to America as the, as the apprentice guy, right? You're fired. That was his famous line. And he's fired a lot of people, there's no question. But he keeps putting the same group of swamp creatures, I don't know the word, that's the phrase that's used, the same people, he's regurgitating the same people in government that have been there before. William Barr is a prime example of that. And all I'm saying is, look, I'm not trying to pick on Trump, I'm I told you, the message for Sons of Liberty, whether it's me or Bradley, isn't going to change if a Biden goes in in January. It's just not going to change. Why? Because we got the same stuff that we're dealing with, the Bible and the Constitution. That's the standard. That's it. So, folks, I, I'm hopeful that in this interview, perhaps you can see Engage people. Get them to tell you where their contradictions are. Get them to see it for themselves. When I asked the question, I didn't go and forcefully push it in his face. I asked questions. To, because here's the thing. If somebody can talk you into something, somebody else can come right along and talk you out. But if you come to that conclusion on your own, nobody can take it from you. And here's what I see in the situation we have here is... We're holding two different viewpoints at the same time. The cognitive dissidence. We're, we, we can't seem to get the answer that we need to press forward for real victory. We can't seem to get that. We're holding two opinions. And I think that's established every time. Why haven't I made an appointment? <laughs> With the president and vice president, talk to them about the things uh, he's allowed that are not scriptural. I have wonderful. I have wondered why certain people are allowed to have positions of power who are not following a Christian worldview. If President Trump says he supports Christianity, I'm looking around my mic. Sorry about that. Uh, please talk with him. Well, hey, you know, Rose, I'm I'm fine with that. I, I think Bradley's fine with that. But you know why? Same reason all those other people up there. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They really don't. Look at the people he surrounds himself with. They want ear tickling. That's what they want. Look at the pastor he had for years, Norman Vincent Peale, Mr. Positive Thinking Preacher. They want their ears tickled. They don't want to hear the truth. They want their ears tickled. 
How many of you, I'll, I'll end with this, how many of you, somebody said it in the chat room yesterday during Bradley's show. By the way, 3 p.m. today, you can catch Bradley. SonsLibertyMedia.com. Somebody in there said, boy, sometimes I hate what Bradley has to say. It's so convicting. And they said, but I'm thankful to have it. Good. That's a good attitude. You know why? Because the Bible says that God disciplines those he loves. I read that from Revelation chapter 3. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Right? Well, that's right, Stephen. That's the point, is to help him see these things. Again, guys, be kind to one another in the chat. You can be firm, but be kind to one another. You don't win people with other stuff. And I know sometimes I get fired up. But the fact of the matter is, this is what this is what we have to do. We have to reason with the people. We, we reason with them from the scripture. You know, God tells us to come to Him and reason with Him to be reconciled with Him. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're to go to the people. We're to reason with them from the scriptures. We're to reason with them in such a way that we're bringing the gospel to bear, the law to bear upon them, and calling them to be reconciled to God. There's only one person who's going to reconcile them anyway. It ain't me. It's the Lord Jesus. He's the only mediator between God and man. Mary isn't there. The apostles aren't there. It's just Christ. I hope the show's helpful. I um, I, I really debated on whether or not... <laughs> okay, that was Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that comment because when I saw it, I said, well, this is the kind of heart that... that that we're looking towards. We're, you know, we're not going to win everybody. We're, we're not, I don't expect that. But the fact of the matter is we continue to press on. And I got to tell you, Stephen, it was a very encouraging comment that you made. Guys, 23 hours, less than 23 hours now, uh, Lynn will be with us, uh, Rotten to the Core Wednesday, and we got a special announcement. You guys who know your history, <laughs> we've talked about a dear lady, who served under Ronald Reagan and who blew the whistle. Not going to name her yet. I'm going to let Lynn open that up for you guys in the morning. Uh, she has agreed to come on the show. So we're very excited about that. And uh, she'll be telling you about that tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Don't forget Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern. Same bat time, same bat channel on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Until then, see you guys.